this is our first session on 1 Peter 3, 1 to 6, where we're focusing on wives' relationships to their own husbands, particularly those who, those husbands who do not obey the word with a view to winning the husbands without a word by the conduct of their wives. So that's that's the context that we'll be dealing with for perhaps five sessions of look at the book because this is so full of important and hope-filled truth for women who find themselves particularly in this situation of marriage to a husband who fits this category here. So let's pray that God would help us. Father, as we ponder the role of a wife in a marriage that's not ideal because of the difference between their orientation on the Word of God and whether they are believing it or not, I pray that you would give us both understanding of what's here and a sense of compassion and courage as we either are in this situation or know people who are. We want to represent Christ, our true king, our true master, in these kinds of relationships. So come and and give your help now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read it first, and then we'll just deal with a few things here in verse 1 in this session. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So, the beginning word, the first word, is likewise, which sends us back, right, to see that this is a continuation of a sequence of instructions, first to all Christians to be subject to governors, second to slaves to be subject to masters, and now to Wives to be subject to husbands, and then we move on from there. So let's, let's back up and make sure that we get the big picture in mind here because we won't grasp properly how Peter is thinking about wives in this marriage unless we see it in the sequence here. So I'm going back to 2.11 where this all starts. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now, that's very important. In this letter, Christians are sojourners 
and exiles. We're refugees away from heaven, our true home, and in this world. How are we to live in this world? I urge you, abstain from passions that, of the flesh that wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, beautiful, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, which you're not, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So the goal of this instruction for us as sojourners and exiles is that we might turn slander, speaking against you as evildoers, into um, God-glorifying affirmation on the day of visitation, which I think means God's visiting them in their conversion and bringing them to see the truth about Christ and those who represent him. Now, with that as the background here, Peter begins to give concrete illustrations or instances of what such um, beautiful conduct, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, what it looks like. So first, there's be subject for the Lord's sake, for the Lord's sake, and that applies to all of these, for servants and wives. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And now he's going to talk about three or four of them. Government, slavery, marriage, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him. And then I'm skipping some verses here just to show the sequence. Servants. So first, uh, all of you be subject to the, the emperor and governors, and now servants, you be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. So he's dealing with each situation where you may have a, um, um, a, a leader who is falling short of the God-appointed role. So back here to wives. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And notice that word, own husbands. And that's crucial because it means that wives don't have the same kind of submission towards every man that they do towards their own husbands. We can see that back here where it says, be subject for the Lord's sake. This would be wives and husbands who are Christian. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And then it gives the instance of emperor as supreme. So there's a kind of submission here, which is to the emperor that wouldn't be to one who doesn't have that kind of supremacy, or to governors as to one sent by him. And so back here now, I'm calling wives to be subject to your own husband. So there's a kind of subjection that is as to their own husbands. And that's what we want to deal with in these sessions is what, what marks this subjection as unique to among all the subjections that one could have, like, like child to parent or employee to employer or student to teacher or church member to elder or um, uh, what, what, what's the role in, in the army? Um, private to a sergeant. <laughs> there, there are all kinds of roles in life, and he's trying to unpack several of them for us here. Likewise, wives, be subject as exiles. Now think of that. And as sojourners, 
to your husband. So here a wife finds herself as a lone exile in a marriage. She's exiled in this marriage because the, the, some of these husbands do not obey the word. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean they're Christians, but they sometimes don't obey? Or does it mean they're not believers? I think it means they're not believers. And here's why. Chapter 2, verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble because they disobey the word. That's the same phrase that we have in what two, no, three, one. Disobey the word, and disobey the word is do not believe. They're not believe. You're believers or not believers, and this is described as disobeying the word. Or here in chapter 4, verse 17, it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey? Obey the gospel. So obeying the gospel is the opposite of disobeying the word, which is what we have here, even if some of these husbands do not obey the word. That is, they're not Christian. So that's what I meant when I said this wife finds herself not only exiled in culture, but exiled, as it were, in marriage. And Peter has instructions for a woman who finds herself married to a man who is not of the same homeland, not of the same country as her, namely heaven. That's the crucial thing. That's what we're going to look at shortly. So let's sum up. Likewise, meaning this is another instance of how beautiful behavior among the Gentiles is supposed to work itself out as we are aliens and exiles. And here particularly, a wife married to an unbelieving husband is to be subject to her own husband, not every husband, and in a particular way that we'll be unpacking so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. That's where we're going next.